0: Good evening, Chicago. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris, Chicago's very own life coach, right here on WBON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. Inspirational Perspective on your radio is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. So... My question to you this evening is, are you living the best life possible? And this is the place where people come to get the instructions, get the inspiration, get the motivation to live that best life. All right, you guys, back on the air this evening. And uh, tonight... You tuned in to Inspirational Perspective and the show this evening. The topic is, is your check engine light on part two? So now for those of you who were with me last week or the week before last because I was out of town last week, but we we had a rerun, a replay. So for those of you who are with me, you know that we talked about well-being. And when I came on the air, one of the things I shared, I shared a number of different statistics and numbers in regards to our well-being. When I say our well-being, I'm talking majorly about us here in North America. So forgive me if you're tuning in from somewhere else via iHeart or Periscope. But I think it's still relevant regardless of where you're tuning in When we talk about well-being, if you're new to this broadcast and you didn't hear the last show, you might ask, well, Linnell, what do you mean when you say well-being? And I want to spend some time defining that tonight. And then after that, I want to get into just asking some of the questions I asked before. And those questions that I asked last week, I'm still posing the same questions again. Okay, and so number one, is your check engine light on? Is your check engine light on? Not in your car. I'm not talking about your car. I'm talking about you. You, your body, your overall well-being. Is your check engine light on? The second question that I'm asking is, does your battery need to be charged? Does your battery need to be charged? Interestingly enough, speaking of charged batteries, when I think of charged battery, I mean, are you fully rested? Are you exhausted? And there are numbers out that basically, you know, they say that, again, most North Americans, I believe 60%, at least 60% are underrested. And when I say underrested, means they're not getting enough sleep, they're not getting enough sleep. And now hear this. And teenagers So young people, young people between the ages of 15 and 24, almost 70 percent of them are not getting adequate sleep. And when you think about that, I mean, that's crazy because they're still in that cognitive development stage and they're not getting one of the things, one of the crucial things that that you have to get to develop. I said it last week, but when you don't get enough sleep, it drops your cognitive ability. So when I say does your battery need to be charged in a lot of ways, you know, how rested are you? You know, how are you letting exhaustion run your life? And then the third question I have is, are you treating yourself as good as you would treat your dream car? Are you treating yourself as good as you would treat your dream car? And I said it before, but my dream car is a DB9, okay? An Aston Martin DB9. And I can guarantee you, right? Nick's like, yes, that's a nice car. I can guarantee you that if I had that car in my garage, number one, I wouldn't drive it in poor weather because I don't want that car to get any kind of salt residue on it, you know? And I would make sure that it stayed clean and When I am putting product in it, I will be putting only the best. So if I would treat a car that way, that has a price, and yeah, the car is expensive, how much better would I treat myself? How much better would I treat myself? Would I be willing to make sure that I'm treating the exterior of my body and the interior of my body the same way? I would treat the exterior and interior of my dream car. We'll talk more about that. But it's just a different perspective because all too often what happens is we neglect ourselves. All right, so let's get into the show. And again, let me tell you why well-being is important to me and why I decided that this will be the topic that I hit on for the next few weeks. So you guys know I'm a coach. I work with, you know, clients. I work with. Executives, entrepreneurs, athletes, and some media personalities. And one of the things that I notice that almost all of them, including myself, struggles with is adequate self-love. Okay? Adequate self-love. As a matter of fact, it happened to me today. Got up this morning. And I had a few things I wanted to knock out. And I said, okay, should I knock out these things or should I work out first? And I went back and forth and I decided to start working. Look up. Next thing you know, time is running. And I'm like, if I don't work out now, I'm not going to do it. And often or more often than not, we put ourselves off and we really focus on everything else around us, whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's other people. And we cannot serve others to the fullest capacity of our capabilities if we do not serve ourselves. And that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring this topic up. The other reason I wanted to bring this topic up is because part of the reason I believe that many of us have aspirations and goals that we can't necessarily achieve. Like we feel like we constantly get stuck I believe one of the reasons we get stuck is because we haven't poured into ourselves yet. You know, how can you really take on doing a little bit extra when you're exhausted? And for many of you, I know it's been that way for me, that your aspiration, that goal, that doesn't include your nine to five or the work that you do. That doesn't include how you take care of yourself. And because that doesn't include how you take care of yourself, that means you need a little bit extra to drive that goal, to drive that aspiration to completion. And so where will you get that energy if you're not pouring into yourself the way that you should? So really, what I'm covering tonight, what I'll be covering over the next over the next few weeks, I really want to begin to hit on this in a way that will really help you guys understand how important our well-being is, how important it is for us to really practice self-love, And if you say, oh, well, I'm good at self-love. I practice self-love. I'm going to ask you to take another look because I'll tell you, I know for me, I'm a coach. I'm a life coach. I do this for a living. And one of the areas that I see I consistently fall short is in the category of self-love. Am I really pouring into Linnell the way I should pour into Linnell? Because the more I pour into Linnell, the more I can pour into Pam, my wife, the more I can pour into my companies, the businesses that support my wife and I. The more I care about Linnell, the more I can exhibit the care I really want to provide to others and to the things that I care about. So one of the things I said last week, and I'll I'll kick off my thought with this, is it's extremely important that the devices that we carry around, right, these cell phones, these Bluetooth earpieces. It's funny. I was at a black tie event tonight, and I noticed how many men have Bluetooth pieces in their ear. And I'm like, man, at what point do you take that out your ear? I mean, if you're listening right now and you're someone who is a Bluetooth offender, that's what I'm going to call them, and you walk around with this thing in your ear When you really shouldn't be taking any phone calls, man, take that thing out your ear. But my point is this, in order for it to be in your ear, it's got to be charged. You got to keep that thing charged up for it to work. And so we have these devices. We have these accessories. And we pay attention to the power meter on all of those things. How much more important? is it for us to pay attention to the irreplaceable user of all these electronics? And what I'll tell you is, in this information and technology age, everything around us seems to have some type of energy bar or power meter. Except us. Except us. And so tonight, start paying more attention to the recharge that really matters. And the recharge that really matters is making sure that you're charged up. Making sure that you have all the steam that you need so that you can go. Now, I brought this notion of the car and the reason I brought up the notion of a dream car is because most of us own a car and most of us, are also guilty of sometimes ignoring the needs of our vehicle, hoping that the car can just make one more trip or go one more week before it goes out. And as much as we hate to see that check engine light, isn't it nice to have a warning? I mean, think about this. Like that check engine light comes on and typically... You know, we probably say something we don't necessarily want to repeat or can't repeat on the air when that check engine light comes on. But it's a warning. I mean, what if you didn't have a warning? What if we thought about it the other way around where we say, oh, man, you know, oh, cool, the check engine light went off. That means that I have an opportunity to actually check to see what's happening. And as much as we hate to see the light, I think it's nice to have that type of warning and it's normal because after all, I mean, we depend on our automobiles as a mode of transportation to get us from point A to point B. And the expectation we have for our cars are, I would say, are not terribly unrealistic. I mean, we want to get from point A to point B. And I would say that the investment that we make in these cars warrant the expectation that the vehicle does what we actually want it to do. That it takes us to the places that we demand that it takes us without mishaps or miscues. And we also know that our vehicles will need maintenance. We also know that they will need repair. Yet knowing is only half the battle because when the engine icon on the dashboard lights up, most of us would still greet the car's plea for some tender loving care by rolling our eyes or releasing that disapproving grunt. And if cars had ears. What would the message be that the car would hear? And I'm going somewhere with this, so stick with me. What would the message be if cars had ears? Because I imagine that it would be something like, you know, how dare you ask me for something else? And all I need is some maintenance. All I need is an oil change. All I need is some gas. How dare you ask me? I mean, if if the car could respond, that's what I think it would say. And if you listen to me often, you know where I'm going with this. And I'm the only one that typically gets to do all the asking But I think this is what the car would say. You know, what do you expect me? What do you expect me to do? And, you know, we have to get from point A to point B. And so when a car is breaking down or needs some type of assistance, you know, I get why we feel the way we do. But the scary thing is, you know, the same way we treat our cars often. It's exactly the same way how we treat ourselves. You know, many of our physical well-being check engine lights are on tonight. I mean, some of you are exhausted. You know you're exhausted. If it's not exhaustion, you know that you need to take better care of yourself. Many of our mental well-being check engine lights are on. You know, you've been shouldering too much. You know, you're not talking to anybody about it. You feel like you can handle it. All by yourself. Many of our financial well-being check engine lights are on. You know, you know that you need to open those bills and count them up and see exactly what type of situation you're really in. But instead, just like the check engine light, we ignore it. Why is that? I mean, many of our spiritual well-being check engine lights are on. But yet we continue going. We continue doing the same things we do. We continue showing up to church. We continue all the practices that we have and we don't take a moment to pause and stop. And many of our emotional well-being check engine lights are on. You know that you're hurting. You know that you need help. You know that you need an ear. Yet you're saying, I'll be okay. I'll be fine. I can handle this. And the light is on. The light is blinking. The bell is ringing. For some of us, our relationship check engine light is on, and we continue acting as if nothing has changed. We continue acting as if everything is fine. We continue going through the motions. You know, when you talk to each other, you're only talking about what's necessary, and acting as if everything's okay. And you know, the relationship check engine light is on. And what it comes down to is that you are in need of some tender, loving care and overall well-being maintenance. But you're too worried about getting from point A to point B to stop and take care of your most precious commodity yourself. And so if you were an engine, what kind of engine would you be? Would you be a four-cylinder engine trying to run on three cylinders? Sorry, ladies, if you don't know what I mean. I mean, as an ontological life coach, I'll tell you, I see this type of behavior all the time. And I encounter people everywhere who are so desperately, they so desperately need a tune-up in their lives. But they refuse. They refuse to invest the time in getting the help that they need. They refuse to invest the money in getting the help that they need. They refuse to stop because they feel like if they stopped, it would slow them down. And they feel like they're already so far behind. So I can't stop. Problem is, that's what happens when you try driving and pushing a four-cylinder engine that's really running on two or three cylinders. There's a quote by Abraham Lincoln, and he said that if somebody gave me six hours to cut down a tree, I would spend four hours sharpening the blade of the axe. Is it time for you to sharpen the blade of your ex? And I'll tell you this, and then I'm going to take some calls. The worst part about living this way is that it will almost create a total breakdown. And a total breakdown will halt and slow all of your progress altogether. So tonight, I'm telling you, if your check engine light is on, it's time to go ahead and make the stop. Pour into yourself. Get what you need. And my point is this. Don't wait for things to just break down and stop in your life. Go ahead and get the tune-up you need when you see the check engine light come on. Because if your well-being engine light is on, that means you need some TLC. And if it makes sense to stop and maintain a car that can be replaced, how much more important is it for you to stop what you're doing and take care of yourself? Because there's no replacing you. All right. Got to take a break. When we come back from break, I want to ask you, is this your car? We're going to dive deeper into this topic. Don't go away. Keep listening. This is Linnell Harris. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective right here on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. All right, we're back. You're listening to Inspirational Perspective. I'm your host, Linnell Harris, Chicago's very own life coach right here on WVON 1690 AM. All right, so we start the show off talking about well-being, and I have a call here from Perry Perry. How are you? You are on the air. I'm good. How are you, Linnell? I'm well. I'm well. That, that's good. You know, I've been listening to your show
1: uh, for quite a while. Uh, the only time I really could slow down is when I took this new position. And I'm typically at work now, you know, listening at my desk. Not much is going on at this time of night. Okay. But I'm in a, I know I'm in a rebuild phase of my life. Mm-hmm. And the position that I took is in healthcare. Okay. It's 12-hour overnight shifts, 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. And from your early shows, when I left my old position, it just ended really ugly, and I had to redefine who I am, who I, who I was, or who I am. Um, you know, when I left that position, I can now say, it wasn't a career, it was just a position. My career is who I am and the jobs and the experience that I have. So I left that position. Okay. So listening to your show got me over that hurdle. And when you started talking about exhaustion, working this position, I've never been so exhausted. Uh, you know, after work, I do 12 hour shifts, mm-hmm. uh, busy at the beginning and busy at the very end and a lot of nothing in between. And my goal was to go back to school because I would have these days off during the week, but I've not been able to do the maintenance. So uh-huh. what you're saying about the maintenance is very important. And when you're exhausted and when you're not taking care of yourself, you know, you know, if you're getting a reasonable amount of sleep, it's really not evident, but I've been forced into this position where I'm totally exhausted and I can see the areas of my life that are not working. So, I mean, you you are laying it out. Your life lessons, this show is wonderful. And again, the only time I listen to W V O N all the time, but I'm usually running on Saturday night. Well, in the past years, but mm-hmm. I've been forced to be still and sit and listen. And like I said, I usually listen to you at my desk. You are hitting it spot on. You are hitting it spot on. And the lessons that I pick up from this show are just incredible.
0: Oh, thanks so Uh,
1: I am. I do feel that I am pushing a weaker engine, and it has to be high-octane. I need to be high-octane, or that's where I want to be. That's the vision I have of myself of being a high-octane, but I'm not quite getting there.
0: Got it. Hey, are you open to me asking you a few questions? Sure. I guess the first question I have for you is, so you're working 12-hour shifts. I'm guessing that you, what, that's three days out the week, four days out the week? Yes. Okay. And so when it is time to rest, are you putting yourself first?
1: It took me a while to be able to do that. I am now, but there's so many things that I can't do working this shift that I know that for my best interest, you know, I've done it a year and a half. I've talked to the management team. I have a good reputation with the organization, so I probably will be leaving it soon. Okay. But I've learned that, you know, I had to block everything out. I lived on the lakefront. I didn't have curtains. I had blinds and sun was just yeah. being through during the day. So I figured I had to cover my eyes to get to sleep. Yeah. So I understand the importance of it now.
0: Got it. Got
1: it. And that's been a transition. That's been a transition uh, over this year and a half.
0: Okay. All right. And the reason I ask that is it sounds like you have it care for, but I can imagine that if you're not really putting yourself first and you're working a shift like this, and I think this is a gift to anybody else that's listening who's in a similar circumstance or situation, if you're mm-hmm. not putting yourself first, I'm sure at some point you found yourself running around, doing everything else for everyone, everyone else. And then going back to work exhausted and even more exhausted than you were, which is probably why you haven't been able to really hit that goal. And that's what I was trying to get across when I was saying, I do believe. Actually, I was, I was telling the Periscope audience on a commercial break, and I'll say this while you're on the air, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. I read this quote on Instagram earlier this week, and the quote was, if you have a goal, And you're not hitting that goal. That goal doesn't inspire you. You know, I I look at these things and I think about them and I thought to myself, you know what? I don't know if that's true because I can have a goal or Perry, you can have a goal. But if you're too exhausted to get up and do something about that goal, then the goal can inspire you. But it's tough to be motivated and inspired when you're exhausted. And so I'm curious, you said you wanted to go back to school, and Mm -hmm. that hadn't really happened. How big of a factor has exhaustion played into that?
1: It's played a major role. I mean, there's no set schedule in the shift, so I don't know which days I'm going to have off. So I'll work three overnight shifts one week. And then I'll have this huge gap where I slowly go back to my regular sleep patterns. And your body is just in chaos. Your body doesn't know what to do. So I registered twice, two semesters in a row, but had to pull out because I just, the mental energy Mm -hmm. just wasn't there. The mental energy to go to class and listen or to do something online when you're staring at a computer screen all night. Yeah, yeah. It's just not there. It's not the motivation. Now, the motivation comes in when you say, okay, what's really important? You know, being comfortable in this situation or in this position that's not really good for you, and it's it's blocking the rest of your goals from happening, is the comfort the most important thing? You know, it's actually very uncomfortable, but, you know, that's another discussion so what is important you you have to be motivated to get out of that situation mm-hmm. and get your edu- get back to education get yeah. back to uh caring for yourself and that's where i am right now awesome. and there's a way you can do that without tearing down the rest of your life but if you have to if you have to leave some things if you have to leave a position you have to be motivated your goals have to be paramount
0: yes and, you know, that leads into another question. It sounds like you're there, but the, the last question I was going to ask you is, you know, what sacrifice are you willing to make? Is it the sacrifice for your health and your goals and your overall well-being? Or the sacrifice that it might cost you from a financial perspective and maybe a, a level of living? But it's something to for you to really look at. It sounds like you're looking at it. Because oh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds oh, like you're looking at it.
1: I mean, you have to take all of those things into consideration. And, you know, I look at every phase of my life. You know, my spirit and God's connection with me teaches me at every point. So every situation I'm in, I'm what am I learning from, from this situation? How is this situation making me stronger? Mm-hmm. And being able to stop and slow down, even when you're at work, and not much is going on, and you can stream your radio. I stream talk radio, so mm-hmm. I, I, really have started listening to you since I started working in this position, and you, you know, you know, came on after a Celine. Right. I really started listening to you at that point, but at this point, I think I've learned that lesson. I've gotten it, and it's time. So, life lesson learned another life lesson learned, that picked up, so it's time for me to move on. And I know I have to take care of myself. I know through any situation I have to put my goals, I have to put my dreams, I have to put my happiness
0: first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, brother, your goals, your dreams, and you are priceless. There's nothing that is worth, one, giving up your health or giving up your dreams and your aspirations. I believe that wholeheartedly.
1: So great shows, great, great, great shows. So uh, you are hitting the mark tonight. So I appreciate, I appreciate all the shows that you do. I, I really do. All
0: right, thank you, thank you. So so good to hear that. You know, encouragement I'll always take. So thanks so much, <laughs> and uh, thank you for the phone call. You're welcome. All right, wonderful phone call. Real life situation. And if you're someone who heard Perry and you're in Perry's situation, the questions that I asked him. Also, you know, ask yourself those questions like, hey, you know, am I really pouring into myself the way I should? If people are asking you to do things, no, I have to give my rest. I have to take care of myself. I cannot take care of anyone else until a nail is cared for. And it's not about being selfish. It's about giving yourself the adequate amount of love and care so that way not only can you continue to take care of yourself but you can also adequately and wholeheartedly take care of others all right so i got another question for you And yes it's still in the car theme i'm stick with the car theme this evening but how many of you have ever seen a brand new expensive luxury sports sedan on the street that was horribly filthy. I mean, it was dirty. Have you ever seen this? And if you did, what did you think about that? Like when you saw this car, you know, beautiful car, brand new car, all filthy and nasty on the outside, maybe even on the inside. What did you think about that? And if you're anything like me, you probably had, a thought similar to this. Oh, man, how irresponsible. If I could afford a car like that, I would never let it get that dirty. I mean, how many of you all think that? I mean, that's exactly what I would be thinking if I saw a DB9 park somewhere and it was filthy or was driving somewhere and it was filthy. I'd be like, I would never let my DB9 look like that. So, I mean, help me out. Am I alone in this sentiment? And be honest. Because I know i thought this thought. And let me ask you another question. Yeah. Okay, so one of my Periscope listeners said, yeah, I would think the owner didn't care and I would be disappointed. Absolutely. And so, let me ask you another question. If you had the opportunity to own your dream car, what would it be? Like, what, what would this car be? And then... How would you take care of it? You know, how would you take care of this car? Now, how often would you get your car washed? I know some of y'all, if you had the dream car you wanted and money wasn't a problem, you'd probably get the car washed every time dust hit it. You know, oh, I need to go take it clean. And how about this? Would you put the recommended fuel in this car? You know, would you put the fuel they tell you to put in this beautiful car, even if it was a bit more expensive? I mean, would you put the right fuel in? And what about the interior? You know, how would you take care of the interior of your gorgeous vehicle? Now, would you, would you be sure to take your new dream car in for all of its scheduled maintenance? I mean, whenever you have scheduled maintenance, you know, would you take the car in on time? And here's another question. Where would you park your car? It's funny. My wife has a new car. And last night we were on our date night and we were driving and she, you know, she don't like to drive. So even though she's got a new car, I'm the one driving, you know, in her car. Cause I tell her, I said, babe, you know, whenever we go out, we take the nicest car. So that's her car now. And so we drive her car. And so we're looking for a parking space. And last night it was snowing y'all. And I see this parking space and it's a tight spot between two cars. She's like, uh, uh, don't park my car there. And so we end up driving all the way around to the back of the restaurant and putting the car where we knew it wouldn't get dings. So where would you park your car? You know, would you park it near other cars where it may get dings and scratches? Or would you park it near cars similar to yours whose owners also care about the appearance and makeup of their vehicle? I mean, take a moment. You know, think about these questions. You know, what kind of dream car Would you have what kind of dream car owner would you be? What's your dream car and how much does that car cost? Now, at this point, if you answered all the questions I've asked about this dream car, I want to reorient your thinking towards a vehicle that is far more valuable. And that vehicle is your body. You've been with that body of yours for quite some time. You know, you've been through quite a few things with that body. And that body of yours is far more priceless than any dream car you can ever own, any dream car you can ever desire. So I want to ask you the same question about your body. How are you taking care of your body? Now, how often do you groom yourself? Are you putting the best fuel available in that beautiful body of yours, even if it's a bit more expensive? Are you taking care of the insides of your body the way you know you can, the way you know you could? Are you making all of your scheduled visits for maintenance, all of your scheduled visits to the autometrist? all your scheduled visits to the dentist, all your scheduled visits to your physician. And then who do you hang around? Like, who do you park around? Now, are you spending time with others that damage your self-esteem or could possibly do you harm? Or are you spending time with people who share similar mindsets and goals and dreams and aspirations? Are you parking your body Next to other people who care about you, who won't ding you, who won't scratch you. And by the way, share the same goals, share the same mindset, share the same dreams. And my last question is quite simple. Would you treat your dream car better than you currently treat yourself? And if so, it's okay. Now that you're aware that something needs to change, what will you change? Like, what will you change tonight? And what I'm asking is once the show is over, write down the top three things that you will do differently starting today to honor the most important vehicle you will ever, ever have. And that vehicle is you, your body. And here's what I tell you. The gift of life is amazing. Our ability to fully navigate this gift is directly connected to our well-being, to how we feel, to how we take care of ourselves. So I'm telling you, write down the top three things and start doing these things differently tonight. Start doing these things differently tomorrow morning. And I'll tell you, a declaration like this is the first step to taking purposeful action. And so I want to know. Leave me a comment. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me on Instagram. Any of the vehicles that you use to follow me, hit me up and let me know, one, what those top three things are. And if you don't follow me, then tell somebody else. Tell the person in the car next to you. Call somebody right now and say, hey, I'm changing things tonight. And here are the top three things I'm doing to actually take better care of myself. And I'm gonna end it with this. It's actually a nursery rhyme from What the River Knows. And it goes like this. The best six doctors anywhere, and no one can deny it, are sunshine, water, rest, and air, exercise, and diet. These six will gladly you attend, if only you are willing, your mind, they'll ease. Your will, they'll mend. And charge you not a shilling. All right, Chicago, take care of yourself. It's been real. You can follow me at Lynell Harris, L I N A L H A R R I S. And as always, have a wonderful evening and continue to live the best life possible. Good night.